Good morning. I want to thank the Lord for my salvation, and I want to thank Brother Derek and the church for the opportunity given to me this morning to be with you. Uh, we have been for the minister's school, and we had good lessons, and we have learned so many things that will encourage us back home to continue to do the work of the Lord. <clears throat> and I'm Happy this morning here. I enjoyed the Sunday school lessons being taught by Brother Brown. And I was telling him that um, uh, Ghana or Mazion, my church, is the first work so far as missionary work in Africa is concerned. Uh, that was the first one that was started in 1997. So Mazion celebrated her 25th year's anniversary uh, two months ago. Amen. And uh, we are grateful to the Lord for his blessings and uh, everything that he has given us so far as these years are concerned. Mazion uh, Church uh, came about through the efforts of Brother Bryson. Uh, with the authority from Union Hill Missionary Baptist Church in Georgia. And uh, I remember when I first heard him and we finally met, he told me that he was preaching through the radio program of uh, Elder Eugene Brown, who has passed on. And I would say that may his perfect soul rest in perfect peace. Uh, I remember my first time here, we visited my Ferrin church where I first met him and thanked him for giving Brother Bryson the opportunity to use his radio station to reach people far and near. And it was through that radio program on shortwave that was aired in Liberia that I got to uh, hear from Brother Bryson and I uh, was saved in 1984. But um, comparing uh, what was going on in my country, it was just easy, uh, uh, being saved easily or easy believism. They were just asking you to raise up your hand and all those things. So though I was called to preach five months after my salvation, and I was uh, with a group a Pentecostal kind of group when I got to hear of Brother Bryson. So when uh, I contacted him to know uh, his church and uh, what they believe, he was uh, happily sending tapes, explaining everything to me with the questions I was asking from him. And uh, finally, I invited him to come to Ghana and preach this same gospel to my people, which he told me that he will only do that when the Lord gives him the green light. And I like it. Uh, at first, I was wondering, why don't you come as early as possible and help my people? But he was uh, obeying the Lord. He was not doing things on his own, but allowing God 
to lead him. And that is what I have learned from him. And finally, I remember I was teaching my church or the group, and I was preaching to them, teaching them what I was learning from Brother Bryson. And people started to seek, and people started getting saved. And when the senior pastor, as we call him at that time, of my church got to know what I was doing uh, with uh, the congregation that I was pastoring, uh, he told me that that is not the practice. So if I will not practice what we know and do something else, then I have to leave the church. And I told him that uh, the Bible tells us to uh, buy the, uh, know the truth and sell it not. Amen. So I've known it. So I will not sell whatever I've got. I will leave. So in August 1996, I sent everything that will identify me with them to them, and I left the church. When I got back home, about 15 members from my congregation were waiting for me at my house. And they told me that I should be ready to go with them wherever I will go. And that reminded me of uh, Ruth and Naomi when uh, they went to Moab and then when they were, uh, uh, their husbands died and Naomi, who was going back to his country, asked her in-laws to stay. Ruth said, no, I will go with you wherever you will be. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. I remember that verse very well, and I sat down, and I was selling tears. Because that time, I, I didn't know what to do. So I told them that, let us pray, and let us ask the Lord to lead us. We will find a place, and then uh, fellowship together over there until the Lord show us what we should do, which we did. And uh, I started teaching them and preaching to them, as I said, and people started seeking, and they were convicted. They continued to seek until some got saved. And I wrote back to Brother Bryson, telling him what uh, my contact or connection with him has resulted. And at that time, he was going to uh, help a revival at Manzayo Missionary Baptist Church, in Holland, Kentucky. And at that time, Brother Ron Spurgeon was the pastor. And it was there that the green light was lit for him to come to Ghana. So uh, he sent back a tape to us back in January, uh, in December 1996. Unfortunately, at that time, communication was slow. So I did not get the tape until uh, the uh, day before they were coming to Ghana. I listened to it at night, and they were coming to Ghana, Africa, the next day, 5 a.m. <laughs> and we were in Kumasi, and the airport is in our capital, Accra, and it is about 200 miles to get there on a bus. So... Uh, when I got there the next morning, 
somebody who he has met over here has picked them and has sent them to a hotel. On the tape, he told me of a hotel that he will lodge. I quickly went there, but they told me that he was not there. It took us three days to search for them in Accra. And Accra is just like Indianapolis, a big city. But fortunately, he traced the postal address that I was using by traveling from Accra on a flight to Kumasi. He went to the post office and asked the post office agent there. And fortunately, my wife was owing a shop near the post office. So he took them there. He came with Brother Terry Patterson, who has also passed on. And then my wife and the other members took them to a hotel. And it was not until the evening that we called, got to know that they are back in Kumasi and we are in Accra. So we traveled back to meet them and we sat down hurriedly to uh, arrange for a crusade or a revival, which we did for almost a week. And at the end of it all, four people got saved. So uh, I'm grateful to the Lord. And by the time that we finally met, the Lord has blessed us with saved souls. And when we met at uh, the mission at that time, uh, about uh, 11 people were saved through our preaching and teaching to make a number of 15. We gave our testimonies and we were taken to a river to be baptized. And when we came back, we adopted the covenant, the articles of faith and all those things. And then the mission was organized into a church by the authority of Union Hill Missionary Baptist Church, which my, uh, Brother Bryson is a member. And uh, when uh, the church was organized, we asked them to take the name Manzion. And we didn't know that we have a sister church called Manzion here. But when we left the church, Isaiah 62 verse 1 was what we call our motto, our encouragement. For the sake of Zion, I shall not hold my peace. So uh, we have come out from a place and we were not keeping quiet, praying to the Lord and seeking his face and then asking him to help us. And truly, the Lord sent somebody from the United States of America to help us to know him and to know him very well. And I'm most always grateful to the Lord for allowing me to be a part of an old-fashioned missionary Baptist church. I'm grateful to the Lord for the opportunity, not to have easy believism, but a knowing soul salvation, which nobody can take it from me. And I always thank the Lord for that opportunity. So I'm happy to be with you this morning, and I appreciate everything that you are doing to help the Lord. I appreciate your support and everything that you are giving to uh, the mission work and the uh, work in Africa as a whole, not only Ghana, but Liberia, Kenya, Nigeria, and my country, Ghana. And I always say that the Lord 
will bless you immensely for your contribution, your prayers, and everything that have been offered to the brethren back in Africa. May the Lord bless you. They send their greetings, and they are happy that I'm here with you this morning. So I want this morning to uh, let us see uh, an incident in the Old Testament which uh, brings out a very gospel uh, message uh, to God's people, God's children, and even the people who don't even know Christ. Saul and Jonathan, father and son, they have gone to war. They have died. And uh, David has been uh, in stool or stool as a king. And he was sitting on his throne one day. And his memory recorrected the friendship that he has had with Jonathan from the beginning to the end, before they even went to war and they both died. I mean, Jonathan and his father. And the result is a, a, a beautiful a gospel message that the Lord wants me to present to you this morning. And I want to read from the second book of Samuel, the ninth chapter. And I want to read from the first verse to the 13th verse. Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 through to 13. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? So I will title my message for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Zeba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, How that live Zeba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show thee uh, kindness of God unto him? And Zeba said unto the king, Jonathan, had yes a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Micaiah, the son of Emiel, in Lodibar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Micaiah, the son of Emiel from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and re-restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest lookest upon such a dog, a dead dog as I am? And I will rest here for some time and I'll continue later. Now I want to 
let us consider the name Mephibosheth. From my reading, I got the meaning as out of my mouth proceeds reproach. And there's another name that you can see from the Bible with this same Mephibosheth, and that is Meribah. And Meribah's meaning is rebellion. And that shows the state of uh, or the nature of all of us. I mean, mankind, especially those who have not been saved. I am a sinner saved by grace. That is the same way, the same situation, the same nature that I had before the Lord saved me. And that means uh, his name even has nothing good to show. We sinners did not have anything to bring before the Lord. We came empty-handed for the Lord to have mercy and for the Lord to save us. That is that we all were before uh, some of us or all of us were saved. We were reproachful. We were rebellious, doing things on our own, not listening to God or whatever he was telling us. But with all that, we were enjoying his providence, all that he was providing for us, food, clothing, shelter, rain, sunshine, as Brother Derek was saying, rainbow, signifying that God's mercy and favor is with us, that he will not use flood again. But I think what he's going to use is more serious than flood. That is fire. Though he has given us the assurance that he will not flood the world to destroy it with water, but something else. Uh, we were doing things on our own, telling us that we were not right before him. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, the 14th chapter and the 34th verse, that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we were all sinful. That is the name of Mephibosheth. So we were reproachful, doing things that were not right in the sight of the Lord. So that is our condition before the Lord save us. And now let us consider where he was and his condition. Uh, Mephibosheth was lame on both feet. That means he can't walk straight. He has to be assisted before he can uh, walk. But that was not how he was born. He was born with both two feet, right? And he can walk, he can do anything on his own. But unfortunately, he fell through somebody's fault. That is what we were. We were all uh, in our situation because of the sin of Adam and maybe Eve. Adam sinned. And we have come short to the glory of God. We did not uh, get to that situation on our own. It was through uh, the, the sin 
of Adam. And that is what happened to Mephibosheth. In the book of 2 Samuel, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse tells us that when the war broke out and Saul and Jonathan went into the war and when they died, this nurse for Mephibosheth thought that because his dad and granddad were no more, the one who is going to take the throne will revenge on all those things that has been done unto him. So he took the boy and he was trying to run away with him. And unfortunately, he fell together with the boy. And afterwards, he found out that the boy couldn't walk. So he fell not of his own by somebody else. That is what happened to us all. We were all uh, in our situation before the Lord saved us through the sin of Adam. It was not our own. But you can't tell me that uh, because uh, when he sinned, I was not there. Why should the Lord allow this to happen to me? We all are sinless. And uh, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life that the Lord Jesus Christ gives. So though we are sinners, but God has made a way for us to come to him so that he will deliver us, he will save us through his grace and make us righteous in his sight. And now I will also want us to consider uh, where Mephibosheth was. He was in Leodiba with Micaiah, the son of Emiel. And the meaning of Leodiba is the place of no pastor. The place of no pastor. That is what the world is. We have precious pomp and gentry, uh, so many things, but there is no satisfaction in the things of the world. People try to do one thing or the other just to get satisfaction. But at the end of it all, there's no satisfaction in it. Some people drink so that they will have happiness. They go to uh, camps and other places where they think after going there and enjoying themselves uh, themselves with uh, people and other things, there will be satisfaction. But all these things will not satisfy you until you meet Jesus and you give your life to him. He only will give you the satisfaction. He only will give you what your heart desires. It doesn't desire the things of the world, but it desires the satisfaction from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know and uh, uh, God has a plan for us. David remembered his friend Jonathan. And that is the best thing. God has remembered us because of his son, Jesus Christ. He sent him to come and die. He is the lamp of the world. And he has come. He has gone to the cross to die for you and for me so that if you come to him, he will save you to his own glory. He has already 
pay for our sins. And I know that the Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sin. We at first, or the people of Israel, were sacrificing cows, bulls, uh, goats, and sheep for the, their sins. So it takes them to do it every year. On the Day of Atonement, they will bring uh, whatever they have got for sacrifice. And the, 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 the priest, the chief priest will do his before he takes everybody else. And the people were dying on our seed. Their blood was shed to uh, take our place so that uh, we will not die. But with all that, it just covers sins. But it, can, it cannot take away sin. It was just uh, covering our sins for the Lord to look somewhere until the next year to provide another uh, goat or cow. But the Lord taught it wise to give us the better sacrifice. And that is in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to save us, not with uh, any other thing, but his precious blood. The blood that can take away sin, that can deliver us from our sin. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ came to do. And this we can uh, compare to what uh, David did. He remembered Jonathan. And then he asked if there's anybody in Jonathan's place that he showed him kindness. Fortunately, there was one. And uh, from the way that the servant presented it, I was not happy. Or I am still not happy. He said, yes, Jonathan had a son. But unfortunately, he is lame on both feet. That means he does not deserve to be where you are. He is not of any importance. So you can just ignore him. That is what we were. If God was to consider anything better before he brings us to himself, he will not have done it at all. We don't have anything to show. Bible tells us that our righteousness is just like Filthy wrath before him, as the book of Isaiah, the 64th chapter, and the 6th verse tells us. Our righteousness was just like filthy wrath before him. We did not have anything, but the Lord saw it fit still to have mercy and to save us to his glory. So he called Ziba, and Ziba said, yes, there is one, but I don't think there's anything good about him. He said, where is he? He told him at Lodiba. And he asked him, go and bring him to me. No matter what his situation, uh, however he is, I want to see him. And truly, he was brought before King David. And I like the way that he came before King David in a humble way. The Lord wants us to humble ourselves before him. He sees the humble people, but those who are proud, he sees them far away. See, coming to the Lord, we have sinned against him. So we come in fear, we come in sorrow, because there is some wrath that will befall us if we don't 
come to him and ask for forgiveness now. There is a day coming that he is going to come and take his home, but the rest he is going to send them to hell. And the, the Lord Jesus Christ has done everything possible for you and for me. He doesn't want us to go to hell. Hell is an awful place. So if you are here, sinner friend, and you are lost, you have to do something before time. And today is the day of salvation. You can come to Christ today and do as uh, Mephibosheth did. He came, he fell flat before David. You can come to the altar when the Lord is dealing with you. When you are having a godly sorrow, that means God is, God is telling you, I want to save you now. Come to me uh, and I will forgive you. He has sent so many invitations through the Bible from Genesis to the book of Revelation. And the one that I remember very well is in the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter and the 28th verse. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, that are tired, and I will give you rest. The Lord wants to give you rest. The Lord wants to give you peace. That passes all understanding. So you don't have to be at where you are. When you are invited, when you are called, just like Mephibosheth, you have to come to Christ who has invited you, Christ who has called you, because it is only him who can help you. Pastor, I can pray to you, I can pray with you, but I can't save you. So you, should have, you have to come to the one who has the power and everything to save, to forgive, and to do everything for you. And that is uh, what David typified uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. He just like, just like Christ, he invited him and he fell flat on his face. And then he asked him, are you Mephibosheth? And he said, yes, Lord. And Mephibosheth asked him, why are you worrying yourself with me, a dead dog? I am nothing. There's no, no, nothing that I can help you with. I am lame. I can't do anything better for you. So why don't let me be? But uh, the Lord, or David said, I will want to help you. I will want you to come and eat at my table. That is what the Lord tells us, that he is at the door. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, knocking. I want to come in. I want you to allow me to come and take away all the evil thoughts, all the bad things, all the sin and transgressions from your life. And I want to settle in and then dine with you. He has been on the door, some people knocking for so many ways. I always say that Jesus Christ is gentle. He will not force his way in. He is knocking every day. He wants you to open it yourself. What God has given us that I sometimes consider dangerous is the choice of freedom that he has given to us. You can do it or you can refuse to do it. 
But if you refuse, you have to know the consequence that then you are preparing yourself to hell. Somebody went to a preacher and then asked him, what should I do to go to hell? Then he told him, you don't have to do anything. Continue with what you are doing. Then you will go there. But if you have asked me, what should I do to go to heaven? I will have told you something better. But to hell, don't do anything. Continue to do whatever you are doing. Because you are a sinner and you are a transgressor. You are a rebellious person. Continue to rebel. Continue to transgress. Continue to sin. And that will take you there without any block or any problem. So David asked Mephibosheth to do so many things for his master's son. That is Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. That's to go and then farm with the lands that belongs to his parents. And David told them that I have given everything to you, Mephibosheth, all the inheritance from your father and grandfather. When the Lord saves us, he wants us to eat at his table. And I remember when we come for the fellowship of the Lord's Supper, then we are supping with Jesus. He has given this, uh, this the opportunity for his body to be broken and his blood to be uh, taken as a remembrance so that we will go outside and tell the people what God has done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to be with you. He wants you to be at his table and to do everything with you. So that is the best thing that was done for Mephibosheth. The reception was good. God just receives us in whatever way, whatever wrong, whatever sin that we have committed. He wants us to come. And in the book of Revelation, he also gives the responsibility to the church, the bride, also to invite. Let those who are tests come. Let the bride say, come. So we are here to invite people in. I was happy when uh, the Sunday school was uh, teaching some of the things that we should do to uh, approach the people that we are going to preach to. Just to love them. Just to show love that Christ, whom we are his ambassador, want to reconcile them to his father. So they should come and then enjoy the best things that they could ever have in this world. That is being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and also being eaten at his table. The Lord wants us to do these things. Not only the preachers, but even the members that he has also saved. We are to witness to the people. There are some people, when you give your testimony, it will challenge them. And it will make them know that they don't have what you had. So they will do something about their lives. And it is better to tell people what the Lord has done for your soul. And this is what happened. David 
gave uh, Jonathan uh, Mephibosheth the uh, opportunity to come to him and then to help him in whatever way that he deserves. That is what the church should do. And sometimes we have to sit down and remember some things that has gone on for years. As uh, Brother Derek was saying, uh, we met, I think, at a Becker Drive the other time when they were having the youth program where I met you and your wife and Brother Aaron and all those things. Uh, I was recollecting how Brother Bryson, through uh, the media of radio with Brother Eugene Brown, and then how I got to know Brother Bryson and later uh, Brother Eugene and the rest of the brethren over here. Sometimes we have to sit down and recollect what the Lord has done through all these years. I remember the year 2010 when uh, Brother Brad, Kathleen, Melissa, Nick, and then uh, Daniel Rich, Chris Jones, and Morgan Vise, when they came to Ghana at Mount Zion to uh, help us with our revivals and teach the children and the, the church and uh, uh, did so many things for us. When they came, for that time, for about <coughs> four years, we have not been coming to the minister school. So uh, when they came, then uh, we have so many interactions. And then uh, the ladies uh, brought lessons to teach the children. So after the first day, they found out that all the lessons they have prepared for the week got exalted because the children know so many things they were about to teach. So they said, then we have to sit down and prepare other lessons. We didn't know that they are uh, knowledgeable with so many things about the Lord. So they sat down and prepared others to help them to teach these kids. Uh, that is uh, how Christ through them, when they came back, they called me to tell me that they will do whatever they can to bring us back to the minister school the following year, and which they did. And I, when they uh, uh, got the fund raised for my tickets, it was then that they told me that they want me to come to Indiana here first and acclimatize to the weather for, uh, before we go to uh, the minister school. Because when we come straight and go to the school, the, uh, now the uh, time difference here is four hours. We are ahead four hours. So by the time that we are going to maybe the evening service, it is night over there, and I will be feeling sleepy. So when I first came, I have to take coffee and other things to let me keep awake. And so they help us a lot. So when I sit down and I recollect all that has gone on, I thank the Lord for these brethren. And I, I always tell them that all your kids come from Ghana. Because the time that you came, none of you were, was married. It was after you came back that Brad got uh, to marry to Catherine and the rest. So all the children that you have been giving birth are automatic members of 
Gold Coast mission members. So now we have a lot of members because the case are coming in their numbers. And we thank God for all this help and other things that our brethren offered. Sometimes you have to sit down and think and recollect what the Lord has done for you all these years. And also think what you can give to the Lord, what he has prospered you with, to help others, to give back to others. When you saw the need, you have to help people who are needful. When David found out that Jonathan is no more, Saul is no more, what about his family? He had been friends with them, with Jonathan especially. So I remember one time when they met, they gave maybe their, their will or something. Jonathan, if I'm not there, take care of my family. And Jonathan also told uh, David, David, if I'm no more, take care of my family. And if David, who was now the king, forgets what he has carbonated with Jonathan, then it is not good. So that is what we have to do. We have told God that as you have saved us, we will also go and tell people about what you are doing for us, we have done for our lives. Are we doing it? Or we are just like some people who say, each one for himself and God for us all. That is not the way of a Christian. We have to help others. We have to reach others. We are ambassadors of Christ reconciling the world to Jesus. God is reconciling the world through himself, through us. So we have to do all these things. If you have told somebody that you help him in one way or the other and you have forgotten it, then I'm reminding you today, go back to it. Whatever you have said, go back and then do it and the Lord will bless you immensely. That is what David did. He did it not for Mephibosheth, but for the sake of Jonathan. And God is doing all these good things to us, not for our sake, but for the sake of Jesus. Without him, I will be nothing. Without him, I will be drifting like a ship without a sail. That is what Jesus has done for us. So we have to give him whatever uh, we can do for uh, others. We have to do it as Christ has commanded us. He has told us to go into the world. No boundary. Wherever he wants want us to go, wherever he sends us, we have to go and we have to witness. We have to preach. We have to testify to the people for them to know that somebody called Jesus Christ has died for them. He is our propitiation. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is our everlasting father and everything. He has done it for us and we have to do it for others. Bringing them to himself. Not to ourselves, but to him. And I like the way that Missionary Baptist Church does its thing so far as salvation is concerned. They don't tell you because you have raised up your hand, 
before because you have accepted Christ, you have saved. You are saved. No. They ask you to seek the Lord till you find him. And when you find him, then you have to tell us. Because we don't know what he has done for your soul. You have to tell the church for the church to allow you maybe to join. If you don't do that, and back home, some people will come. Brother Samuel and church, I want to uh, come and be with you. We said, fine. We are happy. We are grateful that you have come. But it will take only Jesus to save you. If you find a pen and we write your name on the church book, signifying that you are uh, one of us or you are a member and you don't have your name in the Lamb's book of life, then you are lost. Amen. You have to have your name in the, Lamb, the Lamb's book of life before we can write your name on the church roll. Because when the saints gather, it will be only those he has saved and nothing else. So if you are here and you are lost this morning, for the sake of Christ, God has remembered you. That's why he has invited you in this morning. He wants you to come to him and ask him for forgiveness. We have sinned. We are Mephibosheth. We are Meribah. Rebellious, reproachful, sinless, uh, transgressors, and whatever you can add. So he is waiting for you to come. He is waiting for you to just honor the invitations. He has said it a long time ago. Come on to me. Come on to me. Come on to me. You don't have to waste time. Today is the day of salvation. Boast not tomorrow, for you don't know what tomorrow holds. It is only those who are Christians knows what Christ has for us tomorrow. So come and the Lord will save you to his glory for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank you for, your, for the opportunity and thank you for your time. I want to uh, take the, uh, direct back the service to Brother Derek and may the Lord bless you all.